What is going on, Wisconsin sports fans? This is the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast, a podcast about Wisconsin sports, hosted by two dads. I'm Robin, one of the co-owners of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. I am McQuay, the other half of the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast and co-owner of those two fine websites. And we have quite the show for you tonight. Unfortunately, we're not going to start off on the best of notes as we have been up until this weekend or this week both uwm and marquette were on some kind of roll unfortunately both of their roles came to an end within 24 hours of each other which was terrible just terrible uwm lost at home to uw green bay which we mentioned on this podcast is an awful team However, I got to watch a little bit of the game because it was on uh, ESPN Plus, and UW Green Bay got hot from the floor. Like when a team is shooting like that, it is hard to beat them, no matter what their record is. Just insane. Sometimes that's all it takes, and it's not like Milwaukee didn't play. Uh, poorly. I mean, their best players performed. B.J. Freeman had 28 points. Browning had 15. Pullian had 13. Um, they they played well. They 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 played a lot of minutes. Their stars. Um, it was just it's just kind of one of those games where where no matter who you are, if you get hot, you get hot. And and just going forward, you just kind of hope that this this kind of game is. I don't, I don't. I think a wake up call is the wrong term because I don't think the Panthers need a wake up call. They're they're a darn good team, and they know they're they're a darn good team. But going forward, they've got some pretty tough games remaining. Detroit is next, but that's kind of a a lowly team in in the Horizon um, League. But they've got Young Youngstown State uh, in two games. That'll be on February sixteenth, and that's at Youngstown, and that'll be that's a right big now. One. Youngstown is is the number one seed in the conference. Yep. So realistically, that's a big one. The Panthers still control their own destiny in the, for the remainder of the season. Oh, yeah, definitely. And as we know, if you win your conference tournament, you get an automatic bid to March Madness. Yes, And you so do. even if they do not pull out the regular season title, they still have a shot in the Horizon League conference tournament, which I do think they are capable of winning. Like I said, UW-Green Bay just got hot from three. They couldn't miss. Yep. And they were, it wasn't like they were wide open shots either. They were contested. They just went in. I think the, the biggest mistake in the game was uh, Coach Lundy not having them foul. At the end, they, they had the lead with seconds to go and they chose not to foul. And, well, so they, were, they were up three and Green Bay drilled a three to tie it to end regulation. Yep. 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 And if they had fouled, there would have been two free throws, and and then Green Bay would have had to foul and yep. everything. But Lundy, Lundy, he took ownership of that as every good coach would. And moving on to the next game, they they still have a great record, as you said. They still are in control of their own destiny, and they are still a special, special team in Milwaukee right now. So make sure you go out and. Get to that game against Detroit that is going to be here in Milwaukee. Next up, we have Marquette. Ooh, they got up to the top 10 
in the country in the rankings. They were ranked 10th in their first game as the 10th ranked team. They lost <laughs> to number 21 ranked UConn. This was, it was it was not a good game. This was a game. I, I watched this game almost from start to finish, and it was it, just like UW Green Bay, I guess you could say. UConn couldn't miss. They they were on a roll from the get-go. I think at one point, and it was like 22 to 8, maybe halfway through the, the first half, um, or a little bit a little bit more than halfway, and everything UConn was doing was working. Marquette just – and it was – of course, it was away, a hostile crowd. Um, this was one of those games that it was a perfect storm for the other team, and uh, it just got away from Marquette too early, and, and they weren't able to recover. They made it – they made a, a couple stretches at the end where they, they made it – they got the lead down to single digits, but ended up losing by, I think, about 20 points to, to UConn. And, uh, but once again, you know, this is a, a – example of a team that one game uh, won't define them or their season. They still have um, a long or uh, enough games ahead of them to, to fight for the, uh, the conference. Uh, it was a rough game to see, but it was more so Connecticut just hitting absolutely everything more than Marquette just playing a bad game. Yeah. And like you said, it was on the road. And Marquette was on a long, long winning streak. They were due. Yep. They were due for one. But as you said, plenty of season left. This is a team Marquette that, you know, that loss, again, UConn is no slouch either. It's not like UWM's loss that was to a two-win team. It yep. was to the number 21 team in the country. And the Big East is highly competitive conference i think out of the top 25 teams they have four or five ranked there so it's going to happen and it's not going to define their season this is a team that i think is built for a deep run in the ncaa tournament and they are not going to have that happen to them again yeah, i think both of these teams marquette and the and the panthers are going to they have the coaching staff and they have the players to learn from these kind of mistakes, learn from these kind of games instead of letting it, letting it define them or their season. So I look forward to bounce backs from both teams uh, in the coming days. Like we said earlier, the Panthers against Detroit. And then um, I believe the Panthers, or excuse me, Marquette plays uh, Georgetown on Saturday. So that'll be Georgetown uh, is not very good. So they should, they, they should have, you know, we we just said this about against about Green Bay, but they should both be be, be teams that they beat. George, you're right. Georgetown is one and thirteen in the conference, and and six and nineteen. That overall, was their so. that was their first conference win in a few years. Georgetown. So both, yep. Mm. So both teams uh, are are looking at games for 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 a bounce back. Speaking of bounce backs, how about those Wisconsin Badgers? Bounce they back. They lost. They lost to Northwestern. First time since 1995-1996 that Northwestern swept the season series in Wisconsin. Or against Wisconsin. And this year, the two losses were by a combined five points. They lost by three a few weeks ago, back in the middle of January. And they lost by two 
this past weekend. This past weekend was not not. It was just the offense could not could not get anything started. Those but will be games man, that Wisconsin skirt circles next year for sure. For sure, but man, tonight against Penn State, who that offense looked good. Yeah, it did. They shot the a season. Best 52.8% from the floor. Chucky Hepburn. Oh, he came in huge. So did Tyler Wall. Connor Sejan was shooting lights out. Now, Penn State also was playing extremely well. This game went into overtime. Penn State even took the lead at one point, but Wisconsin pulled away and eventually won by five. And what a great bounce back win for them after the northwestern game there were people once again calling for greg gard's job which as we have mentioned is stupid yep it is unintelligent it is uninformed and if you think guard is not the guy to coach wisconsin well you can sit there in your wrongness (laughs) because like tonight Everything was going well, and they were playing his game. They were making their shots. They were following his game plan. And that's not to say they weren't following his game plan before, but they were making mistakes, and they were missing their shots. But when they are hitting them, see, sometimes we need to put the onus on the players to get the job done. Yep. And they got the job done tonight. See, this is tonight. Tonight, me and Robin have mentioned multiple times on this podcast about how young this Badgers team is. Tonight was an example of what this team should and we think realistically can look like on a regular basis next year and the year afterwards with these type of players polishing their game, being more consistent, late game execution. Although Chunky Hepburn had the ball in his hand with at the end of regulation and, and missed the basket, and there was even a tip in, um, uh, maybe I think it was by Stephen Crawl that 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 bounced off the rim, both missed, sent the game to overtime. But in overtime, they performed. Like you said, they got down at one point in time. But um, Hepburn, or I think it's Hepburn and Asijan made some late game uh, clutch shots in overtime. This is what this team should look like on a regular basis going forward. And, and this is a glimpse of, of what me and Robin keep talking about. This is a young team, but the talent's there. Give them a year or so to figure it out. And it's not like they suck. It's not like they're UW Green Bay. I mean, yeah. they're fourteen and nine now. Five like, games above five hundred in a yeah, very tough Big Ten conference. It, it's it is. They're in a they're in a spot where they do need to be concerned about losing more than one or two more games. But as we have said, repeating what Brian Butch said on his show Nine to Noon with John Kuhn. If they can just finish the year with a 500 record in the conference and steal a win in the conference tournament, they're going to go dancing. Yep. And once you get in there, anything can happen. We've seen that year after year. All you need is a ticket to the dance and and you take it from there. Uh, But I'm just very excited for the future of this Badgers team. and, And tonight's an example of why. Absolutely. Speaking of excited, how about those Bucks? How about those Milwaukee eight wins in a row Bucks? Mm-mm. 
so so good. I'm I'm running out of adjectives to describe how fun and brilliant Bucks basketball is, which is amazing because when I was a kid they sucked. When I was a young adult they you grew up with the, the, the 1990s, early 2000s Brewers and the 1990s, early 2000s Milwaukee Bucks. And now look at you riding high. Very, yeah, I know. Now my, my biggest worry is a eight and nine season with the Green Bay Packers, who were the oh, one team I could count on back <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. So the Milwaukee Bucks have won eight in a row. We have the trade deadline coming up, a few rumors coming out uh, around there, and we'll talk about those a little bit. Uh, one of which was <sighs> kind of dropped today on a television broadcast, Detroit Pistons pregame show. The television host rounded up a bunch of the Pistons beat writers and asked them about the trade deadline. And one of them said, the Pistons will be making a trade. Keep an eye on the Milwaukee Bucks. That was a bit. I'm. I'm not gonna say it was a surprise, but it was. It was a bit of a eye opening to see them name yeah. drop a team like that. Absolutely, and I mean, there's been some pretty big, big trades happen. Like we don't usually. The trade deadline is Thursday. This is Wednesday night when we're recording. Trade deadline is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time, I believe, and. I expect there to be a lot of movement tomorrow. and But there has been some big movement now. Kyrie Irving been traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. And tonight, Russell Westbrook was traded in a three-team deal. He will end up with the Utah Jazz. And I'm hearing that there are talks of some kind of buyout in play there. You know, it's... We are so fortunate to have Giannis signed that Supermax deal and everything. Russell Westbrook signed a five-year, $2,007 million contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder back in 2017. And since then, well, if he ever, whatever team he puts a jersey on for next is going to be his fifth team. In those five years, he went from the Thunder to Houston, and Houston to Washington, and Washington to the Lakers, and now Lakers to Utah or wherever it's going to be if they buy him out. I'm hearing the Clippers are interested. I heard the Bulls are interested. Wouldn't that be hilarious? West, you know, Russell Westbrook and the Chicago Bulls. I can, like... My goodness, Russell Westbrook and DeMar DeRozan in the same backcourt. I mean, everyone else just might as well sit down. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the the career trajectory of both Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, and they just never left Oklahoma. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and just say and guarantee they would have won some championships, but they would have had a, some some success and and their, their legacies. I don't know. I feel like it would have been a little bit different, but them bouncing around – all their careers, but yeah. But back to your point, you're you're, you're right. The, there's going to be trades happening. Even as of right now, eight minutes ago, the the, the Raptors traded Jake Pelotal to uh, the Spurs. 
uh, excuse me, the, the Spurs traded Jake Peloto. I'm not sure if I'm saying the name correct to the Raptors, and that's that happened, you know, five minutes before midnight Central Time. So there may be trades happening all throughout the night. And as a reminder, the trade deadline is is 3 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, Thursday. Oh, so it's two o'clock my time. Yeah, two o'clock your time. So, mm, mm. so it's gonna be. We're about we're about 14 hours, I think, right now from from the trade deadline or so. So we're gonna see if, yeah. if something's gonna happen. It's gonna be when you're sleeping or when you're getting ready for work. I think. Yeah, the Pistons are an interesting trade partner with yep. the Bucks. You know, I feel like basketball is a little different than baseball or the NFL where, you know, in baseball and the NFL, it is a real it doesn't happen typically where teams will trade within their division. I thought it was weird that the Vikings traded us a pick. Yep. In the in to help us get Christian Watson, I mean that's almost like a cardinal sin trade. Yeah, I mean the- they they sabotaged it as well as they could. Yep. I mean we tried to get that last first round pick that they had, and they turned it down so that we could not give Watson the fifth year option. Yep. But it was still weird to me that they did that. But in the NBA, I feel like divisions. And division titles is not really as as big of a thing, and maybe that's because it doesn't matter if you win the division in terms of your real like playoff seeding. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. like you saw the eight and nine Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the playoffs in the and NFL, it, and there's so many. There, there's what? There's six, seven teams in in. Like five division? or six, like yeah, five, in, in, I think five, because it's 30, 30 NBA teams, three divisions in each conference. Okay. Yeah, so like so five. So, so I guess only one more, but it, it definitely does feel like the rivalries in the NFL with those just the four teams. I mean, every team in the NFC North hates Green Bay. Obviously, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if there's much. I don't. I don't know if there's much hate necessarily between the Pistons and the Bucks. And no, so, because, and, and I get that it might not be yeah. like the solidifying factor of a trade or not, well, but that that could be the reason why they'd be willing to trade, you know, inter interdivisional. Yeah, and it's like you know, it, it, it's more of a conference thing too, where where if you're in the Eastern Conference, you play every Eastern Conference team four times, yep. regardless of whether or not they're in they're in your division, and. But what makes the Pistons an interesting one to me is just a like. The Pistons are bad, yeah. But they have some good young, young talent, which is why I'm really interested in this trade because they have so many really good young players. Why would they want to part with any of them? So I threw out a few names here on our agenda that could be who the Bucks are targeting and. It could be one of these guys, or it could be none of them. And maybe that beat writer is dead wrong, and nothing will go through because some, we've seen it before where trades are close and then they fall through at the end. I will never forgive the Bucks medical, medical team for not signing off on the trade for Steph Curry. 
<laughs> that is rough. That was rough. Oh my goodness. But anyway, so one of them is Bohan Bogdanovich, who is averaging 21.4 points, 3.6 rebounds, and 2.6 assists per game. This guy's a phenomenal player. He, if he is on the trading block, he is going to be coveted and it's going to cost the Bucks probably four players to get him. I'm thinking George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nora, and Grayson Allen. And then some picks at the very least. And this guy is a starter too. I don't know how he would necessarily fit. On the Bucks. I mean, I'm sure they'd find a way, but I mean, you're gonna have Chris Middleton back in the starting lineup anyway, and are, so if they trade for Bohan, are you are you moving Chris to the two and putting Bohan at the three because Bohan's a a, a power forward, you know, or do you move Giannis to the three? Like, but then again, Giannis leads the league in. Rebounds, do you really want to take him out of the four? I don't. It is, it is a really interesting idea. He's 33, um, so you're, you're getting basically for a championship run or two, right? You are giving up a lot of young young assets for him. Milwaukee, I heard on the, the, the game cast um, the other day when they were playing that Milwaukee is one of, if not one of the oldest teams average. The, the oldest team. Yeah, in the NBA. Yeah. So so trading mm-hmm. for another old guy, I mean, that just solidifies, hey, we're going for championships right now, which I, I like that. I get it. And and there's a lot of excitement about Marjan Bochamp and, and see what his future could be. But would it be worth it to try and trade him right now for, for a championship right now? Um, my, my opinion is no. And 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 the, the yeah, I agree. I agree. And and your opinion, right? That or about moving him to the two or to the three. I mean, Bogdanovic is six seven. He, he, He's, he's not small, so necessarily we, we won't be trading for him to bring him into a to, to create a, a small lineup. He would be there for for he could play in pretty much any lineup. This, this acquiring him clearly would be a great move. It's just what what are we giving up for him, and and what is the long term health of this team? Because realistically, LeBron James is is, is what how old is he? Thirty nine, thirty seven. LeBron James old. Yeah. 38, 39. We can still be looking at 10 more years of Giannis in in Milwaukee. And and that's something that we need to keep in mind going forward. Yes. Agreed. Another name that they threw out there is uh, Jaden Ivey, which would be interesting. He is a rookie this year, which makes me think that he is not one that they are looking to trade because, I mean, they're trying to build around this young core. They have Cade Cunningham. This Jaden Ivey is is a very nice player. He is averaging 15.2 points, 3, 3.9 rebounds, and 4.6 assists per game. Again, rookie. Those are phenomenal numbers for a rookie. And I, you know, I, I pulled this name from our, uh, our our team writing chat on, on Twitter, and I just don't see the Pistons trading him. I've got that a, wasn't I've got my a... idea for anyone. That's not my idea. We have some very talented writers with some very interesting ideas, and that was one of them. I I've just got... I just don't see them moving him. I've got to interrupt you real quick, man. 
interrupt you real quick. There's a uh, blockbuster just happened right now. Not not with the Bucks, but oh. the Phoenix Suns are trading Kevin Durant to the excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets are trading Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns right now, and is for oh. a massive haul. It's going to be a oh my goodness, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and four first round picks, including additional draft compensation. So this is about to be an insane trade deadline. Crazy trade deadline. Wow. You know who's not included in that deal? Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is still there. Still in mm-hmm. Phoenix. Which is another name that Milwaukee has been linked to. Yes. Uh, but if it is in fact, we just, just want a little bit of breaking news on the podcast for you guys. But, but Yeah. Hey, look at that. Look at us. Big time. Big time. But you just got Per Shams, with, of course. With, per Shams. Yeah, Per Shams. The, the most reliable one. I love Shams. Yeah. We do, we don't we don't go with Woj bombs over here. <laughs> um, and then the other one, have you mentioned uh, uh, Alec Burks yet? No, I have not. That's that's the other one that I like that I, that I'm. I like him too. I think that he's the most realistic one. He he is a veteran. He is 33. He is a bench player. 13.2 points off the bench. And here's what I love the most. You ready, McQuaid? Yep. 43 percent three-point shooter this year making near half of his shots from the three-point line i will take yeah that. i mean get that guy of all i mean of course i love bohan mm-hmm. but get get me burks we have enough we got drew holiday we have chris middleton we have Giannis, and those guys are gonna score 20 points a game easily and then you have brooke lopez that can put up 20 on any given night as well. And then you got Bobby, who can put up 20 on any given night as well. I don't know if adding another 20-point scorer, I just don't see us having the number of shots needed. Yep. I agree. A uh, quick update. Woe just updated the trade. Jay Crowder oh, is headed to Boston. So uh, no, Well, no, there you go. That's all right, though. Another name that I wanted to... Okay, that's interesting. Is very oh, he's heading to Brooklyn. Yep, heading to Brooklyn. Okay. The other, mm. the other name that I, that I kind of wanted to bring out there that I, I actually did an article on the other, um, the other day was was Matisse Thibel. I may be saying his name mm. wrong. Philadelphia 76ers. He's someone that rumored to be on the trade block, but he is someone that would kind of remind me of of a PJ Tucker type of acquisition if. The Bucks went after him. There's rumors that they're, that they're that Milwaukee Bucks could be making phone calls, inquiring about his availability. Now, obviously, the Bucks and Sixers are in a race for that Eastern Conference number one seed, right behind Boston. But I believe he's averaging, I, I think, like uh, uh, two, maybe four points a game this year, which is obviously what would be headline on ESPN if the Bucks did pull off a trade for him. But his defensive rating is what I absolutely love. He has a 109 defensive rating, which is a career low, by the way. Um, <laughs> if they, for, for and if that's career. his career low, that tells you how good he yep. really is. Um, he would I mean, be... to put that into perspective for you guys, earlier this year, like at the beginning of the season, Grayson Allen was leading the NBA with a 107 defensive rating. Insane. And now that things have like leveled out a little bit, and the defend the true defenders have risen to the top, like let that sink in. This guy has a one hundred and nine 
as his career low. And at one point this season, 107 was leading the league. And he's only four years in the league. He's, he's still relatively young. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that 109 rating, when I was looking it up earlier, that would be the third best on the Milwaukee Bucks team behind Brook hey. Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that was that is a that is a if we don't go after a prolific score, it would be cool to see them get a guy like Thibel. T H Y B U L L E. That's how I'm gonna say it. Thibel. Um, but maybe I'm butchering. Man, he's that got a be better. Really he's got a better defensive rating than Drew Holiday, which is insane. Mm. So that is a type of PJ Tucker dog energy that this team could use during you know their 2023 NBA championship run. Absolutely. Wow. Well, looks like it's going to be a Bucks Suns rematch in the Very NBA possible time. now. Yeah. Oh man. Hopefully Durant's feet haven't shrunk. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, never let him forget that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, since we're on the topic of the NBA, we would be remiss if we did not mention slash congratulate LeBron James on becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. I mean, I'm not a big LeBron fan, but sometimes you got to tip your cap. So I am wearing a cap, and I'm tipping it. I hope he enjoys the 13th seed that he's in. <laughs> Here's to you, LeBron James. I'm I'm glad that you accomplishment or accomplished it. It's a long time coming for you. Congratulations. Not that he's ever going to hear me say this, but happy for him and uh, um, everything that he's accomplished since the 2003 draft, I believe it was. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 yeah. insane that there's still going to be people out there, you know, that have him top five, top three, not necessarily number one, but that that'll be a, a debate for. Another time, but man, what an accomplishment! They stopped the game with ten seconds to go in the third quarter and had a whole ass ten minute celebration or whatever it was. It was yeah, and then cool. he dropped the f bomb. <laughs> yeah, right for the crowd. Yep. yep. Yeah. Good. Well, you know. So, but it was, can, it was, can hardly blame him. You know, one of those things hasn't happened for nearly forty years. So let let them let them yeah. have their moment. The NBA, everyone. So good for him. Yeah. Just think some. Third grader out there is probably going to break the record mm-hmm. in 30, 30 years. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe maybe Liam Antetokounmpo. Well, there you know. go, right there. So, hey, how about that? Um, so, since we're on the topic, we're not going to talk about top goat status, but why don't we, in the spirit of Gilbert Brown, give our Mount Rushmore your top five with an honorable mention NBA players of all time. I'll go. I'm going to go. I'll I'll knock this out. I think I'm going to go LeBron James. Number one. I think he's the best player to ever play the game, uh, which is going to be met with heavy criticism from you. sure. MJ number two. Um, I love me some Kobe rest in peace. You you can't, I think those three are going to be widely regarded as, as the top three. Not all, not everyone, but a lot of people. Will Chamberlain is going to be number four, and then Bill Russell is number five. You can't ignore those those eleven championships that, that Bill Russell won. And um, you know, you know, honorable mention. Uh, kind of disappointed myself. I didn't have him in the top five. But you got to go Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Milwaukee Buck. Um, but but those are my those are my six guys. It's pretty good. 
pretty good list. Gonna have a lot of crossover with you there, but for the sake of discussion, I'll throw some other names on mine. I like it. Think that when you're going top two, you need to have Michael Jordan and LeBron James yep. up there as your top two. Michael Jordan being one, <laughs> LeBron being two. But you know what? I don't think that it's necessarily anything to take away from the greatness of either one. No, absolutely not. They both defined their era in the NBA. And they transcended the NBA in eras where there was no shortage of star power. 1,000%. And now in... We are in the twilight of LeBron's career. Obviously, he is not the best player currently in the NBA. That's Giannis, of course. Of course it's Giannis. But during his prime, there was no question who the best player in the NBA was. And during Michael Jordan's prime, there was no question who the best player in the NBA was. And it does get to a point where you almost have to fall back on that old NFL argument. Is it fair to compare between eras? I mean, I know that they played against each other, but that was Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan. And, you know, whatever. That's like Seattle Seahawks, Jerry Rice. There you go. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> but now so, we're going to enter the, the era of Giannis, yeah. Jason Tatum. Got, uh... yeah, you know what? You know, we can talk about Jason Tatum another time, but in my opinion, overrated. There you go. So overrated. Look at that. My I like goodness. It. I like that. Okay. I mean, he's a good player, but let's not even con- – let- Oh, you're, gonna, you're getting me off track. I'll change Luka Doncic. I'll change next, Luka. next, next, <laughs> next show. We'll talk about best players in the. We'll do that for our All Star show. How about that? I like that. I like that. We'll talk about ranking our best players in the NBA. So I'm going Michael Jordan, LeBron James, one and two have to, and then you also nailed it with Bill Russell. Yep. I don't know how anyone can have him outside of the top five with 11 championships in 13 years. I mean, as far as winners in sports go, he even puts Tom Brady to shame. Mm -hmm. And and he did two of those as a player coach, you know? Mm -hmm. So just phenomenal. And there's a reason why the number six is going to be retired across the NBA. And he is remembered for far more than just his basketball, his uh, civil rights and e- equality for all, equity for all across the decades. His flipping the bird to Charles Barkley, one of my favorite sports moments of all time. And Love that. so I'm Love gonna that. go go gonna go with that. Um, now we get into some dicey stuff because I really liked the other guys that you put up there too. 
Kobe and Wilt. Yep. Man, those are some phenomenal players. Phenomenal players. And I'm tempted to just agree with you on those. <laughs> so, but for the sake of argument, I'm going to throw on Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, the block master from the 1990s. Well, yeah, the dream shake. Yep. And the really the only other superstar to lead his team to championship during the Michael Jordan era. Of course, he did it when Michael Jordan was not playing. <laughs> playing so, <laughs> um, so they still did it. Uh, but you know, those are some pretty good teams. A lot of people forget that. Um, Sorry, a cat is stealing my headphones here. A lot of people forget. We're cat dads, too. Yeah, there you go. A lot of people forget Sam Cassell was on those teams. At least one of them. And uh, Big Shot Bob, Robert Ory. So I'm going to throw Akeem Olajuwon on there because I think that he truly is one of the greatest all-around players. He could score. You mentioned he was known for his block shots and mm-hmm. everything like that. I think that he is all around one of the best centers to have ever played the game. So I'm going to throw out him on there. And I really liked that you threw Kobe Bryant on there because he is super deserving as well. Not only could he score, but he was also a defensive master. So it's hard for me smartest. to keep him off. Yes. Highest basketball IQs, you know. Easily, easily. But for the sake of discussion, they will replace him with Oscar Robertson. Big O, who was the first to average a triple-double. Of course, Russell Westbrook has did that three times in a row in recent history. And uh, Jokic is doing it now and everything so i don't think that the fact that it's been replicated a lot recently takes away from the greatness of what he did at the time especially considering he played at the same time as bill russell and and will chamberlain who were grabbing 20 rebounds a game you know in an era where you could Get elbow yeah. check people in the face. Right. And like people, people will say, like, oh yeah, of course they could put up those numbers because they were playing against plumbers. It's like, bro, if that's what a plumber looked like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, and it's all jokes and things like that, but let's not like let's not discredit the greatness of the athletes that came before today's era because they were world-class athletes. Like, just Just because they could not dedicate their whole lives because they have the money like Mm -hmm. our our athletes have now to work on their bodies and everything in the off season that our previous generations did not have that. 
But that doesn't mean they were not athletic and they were not good at what they did. But Oscar Robertson, I think, revolutionized the point guard position. And fortunately won a title with the Milwaukee Bucks. 1971. So, there you go. So I'm throwing his name on there because I think that it's a good discussion to have. And then my honorable mention will always be my honorable mention, no matter who I say is in my top five. It's Pistol Pete Maravich. I know a lot of people be like, no. No. I mean, he (laughs) is one of the greatest players of all time. He's NBA 75 team. He died decades ago. Heart attack. You know, Pistol Pete Maravich died of a heart attack at age 40 and when they did his autopsy they found out he had a hole in his heart and he was an alcoholic for 20 years and he still carved out a a a 10-year career in the nba and and this is a guy that averaged 44 points per game in college still holds the ncaa record for most career points and scoring average and did that in a time where you couldn't be on the varsity team in college as a freshman. So he did it in three years. Insane. Three years and no three point line. None. No three point line. No, no three. That was before the three point line. And so, and this is a guy who had, he was a guard. He had an amazing jump shot. I mean, you think Steph Curry is good? Pete Maravich was doing this back in the 70s, pulling up from half court and making it. But back then, it only counted for two because there was no three-point line. If if there was a three-point line, I argue that LeBron James would still be chasing the scoring title, because it would be held by Pete Maravich, who scored 24,000 career points without a three-point line. That's my soapbox. That's insane. That's I that's, know. That's, those are the things that people forget about. They do. Uh, that's and that's why I'm here, to remind there everybody. There, there you we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our basketball talk. Let's get into some... Packer stuff. We're running a little long. That's okay. That's all right. Aaron Rodgers. Four-day darkness retreat. You know, a lot of things have been said and written about it. I don't care. Just go and do you, man. It's not me. It doesn't affect my life. Whatever. It's not like he's hurting anybody. Nope. In himself in a room, meditate. He's doing the the least harmful thing in the world by separating himself from the world, and people are still going to find a way to cr- criticize it. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, it's it is what it is. Let him do his thing. Everyone follow. Like and and, and he was ripped. Not I shouldn't say ripped, but he was criticized by by a player on on a football player on on Twitter, and he responded to it and. You know, just very, very lovingly said, you know, don't be curious, not judgmental. As Mitchell Swartz, who I believe is a 
offensive lineman for the Kansas former. City Chiefs. Or former, former offensive lineman. And said, uh, be curious, not judgmental, Aaron Rodgers did. So let him do his thing. Let him, let him, let him figure out the best path forward for him. And, and I think the biggest takeaway from the, the biggest thing as sports fans and as people who just enjoy what he does um, on the field, biggest thing we can take away from this is that he will be uh, – he's kind of solidified some type of timeline. It will be within the next few weeks that he uh, does this retreat. He's, he's mentioned multiple times that it will be well after the Super Bowl that he announces his decision. And uh, people forget or should remember that March 8th, 2022 was when he signed his his massive three-year extension to stay with Green Bay. So I would assume that it's around the same amount of time this year that we that we hear a, a decision on what he does and going forward. Yeah, see what happens. Uh, A.J. Dillon has a limited edition bobblehead out. If you're listening, you should head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com and find the link so that you can buy it. There are only 500 of them in in stock that were made. And unlike other bobbleheads, his thighs bobble. Not yes, they do. His head. So that's fun. Then we have uh, Gilbert Brown, our, our friend, our honorary cheese dad has a show that he is doing now uh, once a week with a radio station in Madison. I believe it's the Earl Ingram show. You can find it on Spotify. You can also keep an eye on our page as I promised Gilbert that I will be writing up uh, summaries and things like that of his, of his segments and including a link to his segments in there, so watch out for those. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about with the Packers. When are people going to stop mocking tight ends at, at, at pick 15 in the first round? People, the Green Bay Packers are not, I repeat, not drafting a tight end with the 15th overall pick. Nor will they trade up to take a tight end earlier than pick number 15. They might trade back and take a tight end at like pick 22, 23, but they are not drafting a tight end that early. Stop it. There's a lot of talk about tight end needy teams and and seeing Kyle Pitts do what he did recently that would give a a fan or, or, or anyone the idea that they would be interested in doing something like that, but Last time Green Bay drafted a tight end in the first round was 23 years ago. Bubba Franks in the first round of a 22,000 NFL draft. And while Bubba Franks is a legend, Packers Hall of Famer, um, I don't think that tight end is going to be the biggest need for this team. I think that we're going to look at defense, possibly safety. We're going to look at possible interior defensive linemen, even possibly wide receiver, you know, to really get like a three-headed monster at that position. Uh, going forward for Aaron Rodgers and or Jordan Love. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that yeah, tight end will be someone that we find in mid-rounds or even free agency. Mike Gusecki from the Miami Dolphins is out of Miami, and I would absolutely love to see him in Green Bay. I agree. I love that as a possible free agent signing. Yep. Love it. 
make that happen. Also bring back Mercedes Lewis. Yes, we need a big dog. A big dog, I should say. Yes, big dog. And our last thing here uh, before we wrap up is one piece of Milwaukee Brewers news. It appears that Aaron Ashby is going to be starting a little bit behind in spring training. He's dealing with some shoulder fatigue. The team is approaching that with caution. Rightly so, because they signed him long term. He is the one pitcher that they did sign to get under contract. They bought out his arbitration years and a couple yep. years of free agency and everything like that. So that's good. They're going to go slowly with that. But I think the Brewers' rotation is fine. You yep. got Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Lauer, and then. Don't forget about Wade Miley and Adrian Hauser. So we're Aaron okay Ashby's at a, starter. Aaron Ashby, I believe, had a 2.41 RPA or um, earn run average last year. He's he's uh, he's someone that we could definitely see. I don't think it was that good. Maybe out of the bullpen. Okay. Not out of the bullpen, but he was like 2-12 and 12 record. Ooh, rough. Yeah. Um, either way, he's definitely shown uh, uh, potential to be um, something something for real. So I yeah, open the twenty twenty two season uh, through the through the through the season's first two months had a forty innings of a two point seven zero ERA. Uh, so started off strong, may may not finish that way, but he's someone that Brewers going to take 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 with caution to sign him long term and and. You know, hopefully, if when they don't bring back Corbin Burns, <laughs> they can come in and try to replace him a little bit here and there. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's another discussion for another time. Yep. Well, we're gonna sign off now. It's that time for us uh, again. I am Robin. You can follow me on Twitter at the other Robin nineteen. You can find my written work. On Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics, I also have another podcast that I do with Brian Moffey of Draft uh, Guidebook Fame, Go Dads Go, which you can listen to every Monday. You can follow me on Twitter at McQuaidWArnold and go give our Facebook page a follow, Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Our content is posted there hourly every single day to keep you updated everything Wisconsin sports. All right. Have a good one, Wisconsin sports fans.